Welcome to the AAA NFT podcast, all about affordable NFTs, bringing you from zero to 60 in the non-fungible token world without breaking the bank. With your hosts, Andrew, aka Rantum, and George from Mostly Stable on Zed Run, who will help you navigate new projects, interview expert guests, and explore NFT trends. So whether you're on your first or 50th NFT, we're going to have something for you. And as a quick note, we are not, I repeat, not financial advisors, and nothing in this podcast should be taken as investment advice. Alrighty, disclaimer over, let's get to it. Today on All About Affordable NFTs, do we really think that NFTs are the best fit as like a luxury good? Well, we'll get into that. Among other things, Andrew, what's, what's new in your wallet? Oh man, well, actually I was excited about an airdrop that showed up in my wallet today. I had to look in my, my hidden folder anyway on OpenSea, but an airdrop from, from Fuo for attending uh, the beat party during NFT NYC. Um, so it looks like there's different versions or airdrop for different, uh, air for different, uh, paid party attendees and, um, also some of the top paint holders. I definitely wasn't one of the, uh, the top paint holders. There's some people that have some crazy uh, paint drops as we've talked about in the past, but, um, but yeah, it's happy to get one of those. So maybe might have to talk about that a little bit more later on. Nice. Well, nothing new on my side. People have been renting my ponies. So like, that's a thing on the side nice. where I, I, you know, I haven't logged this. I think I made, made $11. Let me go double check here. Let me do this big money now. We're talking. Big. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That, that's that like Lipertini money, right? Yeah, I mean, you can, you can get the nice bird, you know, the, like a picture extras. Well, sure. Well, Hey, a picture of a good can be quite valuable as you know, as you know. (laughs) Oh, oh, darn. All right. What do we got on news? Yeah. So maybe, you know, it's, it has been a little quiet in NFT world and apparently uh, CNN is already pulling the plug. Um, Maybe we shouldn't be surprised given uh, their recent track record of pulling the plug on projects quickly, but I think they were, they did this for about two months. Um, so they've offered collectors, I believe it was a 25% refund <laughs> so that they will not be continuing this any longer. You know, not much of a refund if the value is essentially lost um, going forward as maybe as collector's items, but that doesn't sound good. We've talked about how a lot of these projects are really only as good as the the creators behind them. And if they aren't there, they don't hold much value. Yeah, well, they really, they really tried about as long as like a disaster segment on their channel on this one. Uh, pretty impressive. They earned over 300,000 in revenue from selling NFTs. Um, but, you know, this article doesn't mention the refund have to find that again, but uh, they offered a, a small refund. It really doesn't make a difference at that point. So you know, if they there there were other ways to do this, it's a large corporation. I'm sure they could refund the the buyers if they decided not to continue with the endeavor. Well, it's a, well, also a good note that like we talk about. Oh, is the team doxed? Uh, or if it's a brand, the brand is going to stay with it. They wouldn't do that damage to their brand if they just like. Oh, apparently they would. They would just take a bunch of money and run. Yeah, they'll, they'll do that. So, right. you know, it's a, it's a good counterpoint on my, you know, super bullish on things like Nike's 
uh, you know, Genesis TX, like they wouldn't do, they'll do whatever they want to make money for shareholders. That's what they will do. This is true. If you weren't, if you weren't the shareholder, you're the bag holder. Yeah, there is something to, you know, they, this is a small part of their overall uh, business and doesn't mean a whole lot to cut it to them. No, not at all. Uh, so this is one I found pretty interesting. Uh, there's a so college quarterbacks name in what is it, NIL name in uh, um, the NIL rights name and name image likeness. That's what it is. College athletes can now now sell their their name image and likeness. So there's a college quarterback, uh, Texas quarterback Quinn Ewers. Um, this his deal is now approaching about four million dollars. Uh, so this is a college athlete earning $4 million from NFTs. It does seem like that NIL rights have come along at just the right time for NFTs to be used by a lot of athletes. And this is, this is going to get a lot of attention from other athletes. Now, just to be clear, this isn't like percent of like future potential income kind of thing, backdoor security, be careful. Is it <laughs> like, how is it? Well, no, there is a, so I think, He's just done this from, this from open doors. Let's see the, the, he's him t about 2,400 deal broken into $1 million sponsorship is broken into 12 payments of various amounts, uh, well above the average on top of 50% revenue share. So that is a, a generous, uh, offer. It looks like it's. Mm, the NCAA is allowing the endorsements in just 29 states. Didn't realize that. Um, so not yet in effect in some of the big states, such as, uh, you know, for football anyway, California, Michigan. Um, but it's uh, it definitely interesting to see that these are being used in such a way. And, you know, I think that we've seen different projects try to pop up with. So I think I figured yeah. it out. I was like, here's why. I was like, how the heck is like just a random NFT being so... I think they're kind of getting around the SEC play of like future income, expected value, Howie, whatever, by saying that supporters pay an initial membership fee starting as low as 30, as high as 500 to acquire access to future exclusive NFT drops and signed memorabilia. So you're like, you get future JPEGs from me when they may be worth more. Yeah. I mean, you'd still have the original as well. I mean, as you know, I could see as a collector, if you do have one and you can show that you had one from early on, that's a, uh, <laughs> there is something to that. Um, I think it's to be used in all sorts of different ways. I can't imagine that there's going to be many athletes that could get into this range. Um, especially, uh, you know, but I, I, I don't follow, follow college football. I don't know how big he is. I imagine he is certainly among the, the top college quarterbacks, given the fact that I don't know the size of that. <laughs> these uh, these uh, revenue numbers. Yeah, just fascinating though to see like the bullishness on long term bets, right? On somebody like keep in mind, right? Like the NFL already has got like its launch on flow, and now we're talking about the ability to bet on the fact that someone in college will get drafted, become awesome, and then also drop future NFTs that will somehow return on um. Hey, you got to get on that, membership. you know, get on that allow list early, right? <laughs> for those future drops. <laughs> we just returned from injury. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's, do you want to talk about how to get on the inside? 
Uh, all right. So we have more sports NFTs here. Uh, this one it's, is about the Dodgers, including a Vin Scully NFT. Vin Scully was their longtime announcer who just passed away, but they're going to include this NFT with tickets to, uh, well, these, these games actually just happened as we recorded this, uh, games one and two of the NLDS. This sounds like something that a lot of people won't even pay attention to, not realize that they have access to this, um, and also ends up being somewhat of a, a collector's item because it ends up with the people that do pay attention. Um, you know, ends up being a very small percentage, but I, I, we've talked about how sports NFTs and tickets, uh, seem like a great avenue to get people into this. So I like to see this and then people are just trying different things. I think that there's also something to just having the digital stub of going to, you know, of a, of a playoff game as well, you know, having something like that, you know, especially as you get further along, we've talked about how those can be memorabilia that people want to collect as opposed to, you know just a, uh, some of the physical goods that people have had in the past. It looks like MLB branded on this, but who's actually distributing? Like who's behind Yeah, good question. Right. Like, because, you know, if I had a, you know, nickel for every new platform that forked the brand of the MLB across. I was going to say MLB specifically, man, they will. Partner with anyone. Piss in the wind. I think that went well, bad. and it's it's surprising given given how good their their the advanced media division has been. They don't seem to get this part, and uh, yeah. I don't know who's Who behind it. Good question, but um, they are making much noise about it. Whoever did put it out, it wasn't dapper <laughs> because you know you hear about it from them. Yeah, I mean it's it seems like a po op, so that's interesting. Ties to event tickets. I think we're see. More and more uh, event-driven ticket triggers. I mean, heck, you started this podcast by saying I attended a paint event, IRL, and then I got a drop, which is, you know, I think more and more what's going to happen with their uh, move to uh, co-op event-based NFT. Uh, so one more sports one. Looks like I actually get the Formula One getting into NFTs. They're doing some of these other, you know, same kinds of things where you can get them by attending events. They're also looking at cryptocurrencies. You know, very early with that, but you know, again, it's just a way for people, more people to, to interact with, with NFTs in when, you know, when they're already interested in something else, it's not NFTs first. Well, I feel like a lot of these platforms are essentially just doing a search for NFT on patent and patent trademarks and saying, well, if you are filing for it, you may be planning on it and then you can kind of, yeah. Fire up and speculation engine. Then it's let's see, we got OpenSea, couple news items. They added Avalanche NFT support. Not sure, uh, you know how interesting that is to many people. Um, yeah, they, I think they're up to seven different networks now. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, there's I think seven different networks that you can access on OpenSea. You know, it is nice to see how easy it is to access uh, to add different networks. It's you know one of the the big. Uh, summon points of crypto that uh you know you, these apps can adopt the new networks or any network relatively easily um other open sea news a little curious we've got the cfo uh who joined less than a year ago has left the company um so didn't stay very long you know uh obviously there's been a a big turn in the crypto market over the last year uh and still find that a little surprising no way. One year in crypto is like seven in the regular world. That's a good, that's a good run right there. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. Almost a year. 
That's I think pretty he, he, good. Uh, he was previously eight years. Uh, at, so my math is about um, right. When, at Lyft was he? At Lyft, yeah. So um, yeah, maybe you're right. All right, and then lastly, we've got the SEC investigating Yuga Labs. Uh, you know, Yuga put out a statement saying that they are hoping the SEC to understand how all of these uh, these tokens sale events or NFT sale events um, work and do not actually uh, run afoul of any securities law. So they're going to help them understand that. So you know, nice partnership in the Yuga. Yeah, that you think big you partnership it that way. Right. Yeah. Uh, reminds me of like a partnership I had with a cop who pulled me over for speeding. We had a partnership <laughs> of yeah. uh, me helping him understand why I wasn't speeding and him showing me numbers. Huh. Yeah, came to an understanding, right? <laughs> yeah, we you would do it. Understanding. Uh, yeah. Oh look, man, uh, this is pretty clearly long time coming. Like you're that public and that obvious about like the ima- you're just playing a lot of fast and loose with a currency with a security that clearly like doesn't pass a howie test and again is just such a target for a very hungry to make an example sec yeah it sounds like it's going to be just a battle i think it'll go journeys though because you just imagine that you just invite me to the back step as lawyered up like <laughs> one thing i'm sure they purchased you know who's going to make money <laughs> <laughs> oh okay can I get lawyer token? <laughs> lawyer token, backed by billable hours. All right, so back to Fuel World. I, that's what I'm going to bring is the affordable project this week. I will talk a little bit more about it. As I mentioned, I had one airdrop to airdrop to me uh, for attending the the uh, paint party in New York um, last June. So there have been some airdrop, and there were also dropped to, to big collectors. I think there's. About 1,400 of these total, um, they were so, they're listed around half an ETH right now. It's right around the same price as the actual heat drops, um, which got around 0.52 as I speak. So about the same, the heat drops, of course, there's, uh, there's many more of those. I think there's 7,300 in total. Um, so far fewer of these canvases, um, there, I believe that the canvases will end up acting as a um, as a way to mint UOs in the future. Um, a, a new project that's coming out, but um, also it just when you've got the paint, you need the canvas. It seems like uh, you know something to to look at. I wouldn't you know necessarily jump at them. Um, there's not unlisted, but seen some offers picked up. If you are into fuel at all, definitely look into this one. Yeah, so that. Looks like the floor is at like 0.59, but what you're saying is like there have been lower. Um, yeah, um, say I did pick, I actually did pick up a second one at 0.5. Um, so I had then airdropped one, picked up one more. So I, um, yeah, I guess I got it up below the floor as we, as we speak. Who knows where that could go? You know, there haven't been many sales at this point. Uh, this is. Kind of uh, new to me, at least. Uh, I don't know how long this has been here, but it looks like there's a new beta analytics inside of OpenSea, inside of individual projects. And I don't know if I've seen that. When you uh, when you go to it, it actually breaks down a little bit more of the volume price sales, gives you a volume price chart over time, floor price chart, total sales, price distribution. It really it actually looks like they've just straight up kind of borrowed a page 
out of um, out of doing analytics or something, uh, which is interesting. And I, I think it's also them realizing they just can't be like, you know, big just because they're big. They actually have to freaking try with some of their features to keep up with uh, competitors that offer a heck of a lot more in terms of uh, of analytics. Yeah, why am I not seeing that? I just chatted it to you. I mean, it's, yeah, it says uh, maybe it's just for me. Is it just like a beta that I'm seeing? Ooh, cool. I'm on the inside. I'm so jealous. Breaking news. My account has been given access to something random. You're not on a uh, <laughs> alt site of OpenSea, are you? <laughs> oh, it says open season. No. <laughs> <laughs> I gave them everything. Everything. Obviously, I log in with my secret. All right. Uh, Cool. Yeah, no, we're obviously uh, both holders of Felocious and uh, long, long-term holds are smart, I think, on... Uh, I think it's really impressive to be maintaining that kind of price performance in um, the mega bear market here. Yes, yeah. The mega bear market. The <laughs> mega yeah. grizzly bear. Yeah. All right, well, why don't we get into our topic? So we've got this article linked here, actually, that there's a recent uh, study that just looked at uh, brands that have dropped NFTs um, and what industries they come from. What they found was that luxury uh, goods made up the most the most common and the most volume of, of NFT drops. You know, these are, of course, real companies, business, you know, companies getting into NFTs, not necessarily, you know, NFT specific pro or NFT native projects. Um, but in this area, they definitely found that luxury goods dominated. Um, and, you know, curious to discuss this idea with you a little bit more, George. Have you uh, had a chance to look at this article at all? Yeah. I mean, when it's looking at it, it's trying to give the apparel and luxury goods industry as the most brands launching since 2020. And this is a chart from Going Gecko breaking down like the I decided brands and companies. And just to sort of explain this chart, apparel and luxury goods have a, a brands with NFTs rated at 19. The next closest, the next closest on this chart is media with nine. I don't know if you minus one for CNN, maybe eight now. <laughs> Beverages by food and staples for entertainment for, and it just sort of trickles out from there. And so it's, it's, it's pretty clear on one level, yeah, I mean, if you're buying NFTs, you're either like high on the tech side of this sort of thing or and and or you've got disposable income, i.e. possibly more interested in NFTs, possibly more interested in that sort of disposable income play on this. What I don't agree with in here is this, I, this continued idea that NFTs are one basket. And I think we're going to begin to see a separation. It's like, I feel like I'm in the year like 1999 is like brands with a website. These companies use website. These companies don't use website. And you're like, well, hold on. We have to move to a phase of reporting and understanding that begins the segment of like what type of NFTs we're talking about. Eh, not just like binary, you have website or not. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think anytime we get these articles that categorize all NFTs as um, 
you know, or try to look at all NFTs and how they perform and just look at them all as one general category, it doesn't make much sense. I mean, we don't look at many other uh, media like that. Um, you know, we, like you're saying, we're not, you know, nobody was saying like, these are the sites that are using, um, that are using HTML. These are the, you know, way back then, you know, we weren't saying, you know, these are the these are sites that have, that have moved to a new database structure. We're not, you know, that's not really that interesting. And for the most part to users, I think we've, there's still some people that seem to latch onto the idea. If we just get into NFTs, then without the idea of like, what does that really mean? And there's so many different use cases for NFTs, you know, we certainly discussed them, you know, discussed many use cases on here. Um, and it's not necessarily going to be the same. I think that luxury brands have maybe had somewhat of an advantage early on with NFTs in the sense that they they've sold they've sold goods that far beyond what their what their real value is. They've been doing this for years, you know. <laughs> yeah, and, and true. You know, the, so to sell a digital good that really has no tangible value and get people to under you know to to perceive value isn't that different than a bag that, you know, maybe is selling for, you know, 50 times what it costs to, to, to produce it, you know, maybe even more, I don't know, something like that. We're not talking about the cost or the, the price really has no very little relation to the cost to produce the good. They're already doing that. So I think there is some, some maybe natural, uh, you know, natural ability to, to sell NFTs that weren't necessarily there for, for all these other businesses that just say, Hey, let's just get into NFTs and then people buy them. Right. Well, I see it coming back to what the asset markup is in a luxury good is essentially two things. It is status and quality, just to oversimplify this. When I buy that Gucci brand, blah, blah, I don't do this. I'm just hypothetically saying. When I buy that, someone buys that, they're buying quality. I assume that this is going to last longer than other things. So I can tell myself that story, but possibly more is the status of being able to flash that brand to my friends when I go out as a form of uh, social status signal. When I guess I do that online and I carry that brand equity, I mean, <laughs> let's just park quality for a second. I still, I think, have that status of, oh, I have that. I mean, I do own a Gucci ghost, so I guess I'm like part of this silliness. The signaling that, all right, I have something that has this high brand, look at me, I spent this much. But the other side of it on the quality is yet to be seen. I think quality for a lot of these things will be the demonstration of utility over time versus others. And that is maybe that underlying value that I think I'm placing more so when a large brand gets behind something. <laughs> Forget about CNN for a second. But when a large brand gets behind something, Hey, uh, this is part of what we do. We do quality and we do status here. Where, where does that land for you? Yeah, I think that does make sense. If the brand can show that they're going to, yeah, I mean, quality is something to it. Stick around is something else, but it, yeah, we've seen projects, NFT native and those more web two based companies that have entered and there's been a, you know, and we've seen examples of they're not being good quality and. It, you can tell, you know, collectors can tell pretty easily when there's not much thought given, not much, um, you know, the details just aren't really thought out. 
I think there, you know, there is something to, to being able to rely upon a brand, you know, at this point, I don't know that we can say that those, you know, I, I did say that maybe luxury brands have an advantage in, in selling goods, but they don't necessarily have an advantage in the technology part. So getting that right is still, there's still difficulties. We've seen so many projects run into problems. Um, you know, from a technology standpoint, we've seen a lot from just a burnout standpoint, which you would think that a, a um, well-backed brand would be better at. And at the same time, as we mentioned, they have less writing on it. If it doesn't go well, they can get out of it and sort of bury it. You know, it's, it's not unheard of as we see with CNN getting, you know, getting out of it. And it's certainly not, I don't, I can't imagine that that is going to uh, lead to a lot of cancellations any more than you know, what they've been doing on their own, it seems, um, you know, so I think these brands have some protection there, at least ones that are huge outside of, of crypto. Um, whereas, you know, those more, more established in the place, you know, they really have to rely on it. Um, you know, and I, I see that there's some, you know, that makes me somewhat hesitant with, with some brands that are in it, you know, making sure that they really are going to continue to dedicate resources. And for me, that really, that that's going to take more time, um, than, than even we've had a chance to see so far. Yeah. Again, misleading though, anytime I'll see this because we're comparing in this one, even snapshot, we're comparing something that is, you know, absolutely like a kind of art and exclusivity NFT with a drink beverage reward card and we're comparing that with a po-op for some of these other um these other brands that have like jumped into it I mean, those are just such right. different would we entities compare those otherwise yeah like here's yeah here's a comparison of all the organizations that use electricity <laughs> and then let's measure them based on how much electricity they use and you're like well, i'm really looking for ones that have east sun exposure in their office building okay yeah. How much solar are you getting on this? Talk to me about your renewable consumption. Like, like you might as well be telling me kilowatt hours, but that just shows how far again we have to go. And what I'd actually want to look at is like the category of NFT rather than just be like, in your mind, what they're trying to trigger is like monkey JPEG. Look how many brands are doing monkey JPEG. You're like, no, that's not what we're looking at. We're looking at a functional use of a technology that is inevitably going to be baked into absolutely every brand relationship. In the same way that companies were like, I don't know about that Twitter. I don't know. Like, yeah, you're going there. You're going to be spending money on Facebook. The attention is there. And the ability to form a relationship is there. It's like, you'll be there. Because there's money there. <laughs> yeah, but we've seen before, but there's still money. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, you know, we have seen that a lot of digital businesses have had challenges with advertising and you know some of the the middlemen always getting in there even whether these different platforms and i think this is a real opportunity for businesses to have those direct connections that you know they've sought out you know maybe with email or something but this is actually having the, the financial the, the opportunity but also the app you, know, you can hold the asset you can connect these brands can know so much more about about collectors and you know it seems rather inevitable that more businesses will continue to adopt NFTs. Cool. All right. That was a fun exploration. I don't have any other, any other rants on this topic, surprisingly. All right. Yeah. I think we've, uh, I think we've covered this one. Oh, check the box. Yeah. As 
as always, please go uh, find somewhere to rate us. Do your best. Be best out there. Appreciate it, guys. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>